Welcome back to another episode of Fireside Football presented by Empire Sports Media. My name is Brennan Carpenter and I'm here with Dylan Price. As always, Dylan, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So, continuing our tour of the NFL divisions, we are talking about the NFC North today. Obviously won by the Green Bay Packers last season. So, Dylan, who do you have winning this division to start off? Uh, I've gone back and forth on it a couple times. I think I'm actually going to go with Minnesota. I Something about that team, I think that they've got the pieces to be a special team this year. And I think that there's going to be some breakout players on that team. And I just have high hopes for them for some reason. Well, of course, last season the Vikings finished 10-6, and six, second in the division. Ended up beating the Saints in the wild card game, I believe. Um, I feel like they always beat the Saints in the playoffs. Uh, and then lost to San Francisco in the divisional round. Now, it's going to be tough, I think, for the Vikings to win this division. They lost a lot of people. Um, over the past couple of months, they lost obviously Stephon Diggs, cornerback Xavier Rhodes, uh, defensive lineman Linval Joseph, cornerback Trey Waynes, cornerback Mackenzie Alexander, wide receiver Laquan Treadwell, and safety Andrew Sandejo, and that's just naming a few of them. So, you know, as you said, there's going to have to be some breakout players for this team to move forward. Um, who is your player to watch as a breakout potential? Um, with all these players gone? Um, I have a couple guys to pinpoint. The big issue for me on this team is lack of proven commodities. They do have the star players still. They still have Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Uh, they still have Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris. A lot of good players, but they don't have Stefan Diggs anymore, so you're going to have to trust Justin Jefferson, who fell into their laps, to step up and be a star this year, or at least replicate some success that Stefan had had and maybe share that with Tajay Sharp who's going to be in the slot next year so I'd look to the two of them on offense to try to pick up where Stefan Diggs had left off and kind of take the cushion of Adam Thielen being the number one and try to run with that opportunity and then on the other side of the ball I'm looking at their cornerback room and you just touched on Xavier Rhodes is no longer there. Yes, they got Jeff Gladney. Yes, they have Mike Hughes. But you're going to have to trust another guy to develop as the slot guy. I liked Cameron Dantzler a lot, and I think I'm going to go with him as my breakout on defense. Him or Chris Boyd would be two good secondary pieces who could step up for the Vikings this year. Yeah, you touched on Jeff Gladney. Uh, he's actually my defensive player to watch as a breakout artist because you know they uh, spent a first-round pick on him. There's a lot of, you know, open uh, chances in the cornerback room with all these losses, and Jeff Gladney is going to have to step in and be a big part of this defense right away. Uh, for offense, I have I have two um, players to watch. I have Kirk Cousins, obviously, who, as we all know, got a big contract to come to Minnesota. You know, they've been a competitive team, but they haven't taken that next step to really be a uh, Super Bowl contender come playoff time. So Cousins is going to have to have a big year. And I, I also have a rookie wide receiver Justin Jefferson, who obviously won the national championship with LSU this past college football season. And he's going to be a big part of this offense. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a solid uh, rookie year. And I think that he's going to have to in order for this offense to go anywhere moving forward. What's your record prediction for the Vikings? My record prediction for them was 10-6. and six. How about you? Yeah, I think 10-6 and six sounds good. Um, 
but ten and six is going to be tough to win this division. I think with the Packers, um, who went thirteen and three last year. Now I'm guessing you have the Packers finishing second. Yeah. Before we get to that, I I one thing I really want to hit here though on the Vikings is I feel like this is a make or break season for Cousins in terms of proving if he's an elite quarterback. He's kind of in that Joe Flacco territory where Flacco was in his height the height of his career, I guess, in Baltimore, he was considered a borderline elite quarterback. And I feel like that's kind of how a lot of people view Kirk Cousins. Early last season, a lot of people were ripping on him, especially in the media. And then kind of towards the end of last season, he picked it up. And I guess flipping the script here a little before we get to the Packers and asking you, Brendan, do you think Kirk's an elite quarterback and capable of taking this team to the Super Bowl? I don't think he's an elite quarterback. Um, I think he's an above-average quarterback. I wouldn't put him in the top tier, though. I think he could potentially get a team to a Super Bowl, but he can't do it by himself. He needs, you know, he needs weapons around him, um, and I just don't think they're there yet. I think losing Stephon Diggs is big. Obviously, they got Justin Jefferson, and they have uh, Adam Thielen, who's a very good receiver. But I, I don't think they have the weapons necessary to make a Super Bowl run. Obviously, I could be wrong. You know, they've made the playoffs. Um, Anything is possible, but I just think, you know, they lost a lot of pieces, especially on the defensive side, too. So it's going to be tough. Um, Now, I'm curious to see what you think. Let's say, for example, you said this could be a make-or-break season for Cousins. If he doesn't produce the way that you think he needs to in order for them to keep him moving forward, what direction do you see them going in? Do you see them drafting a quarterback? Do you see them trying to get a quarterback in free agency? Uh, what do you see going there? I think this is the kind of scenario where this is a prove-it year for him, and not a year, though, where so Cousins comes out and has a mediocre season. I don't think they replace him because I think there are exterior factors. Like, his offensive line's really young, and you just touched on Diggs is not there, so he's losing a weapon he's had for his entirety of his tenure in Minnesota. So I think that there's going to be factors that make it like his job still going into the 2021 season. But with that said, I think this is the kind of situation where you could see something like with when Will Greer was drafted and Cam Newton was still quarterback, where coming off a mediocre season, a team may look to draft a mid-round quarterback that could be a developmental prospect. And that could kind of be the thing that, Minnesota tries to replicate and get somebody who could push Cousins because honestly Cousins plays best when he has a fire lit under his ass if you look at the media you look at whenever whenever anybody questions how Kirk Cousins is as a player he usually plays his best football so you have a quarterback sitting behind him that the team is openly going to say yeah well we think this guy say it's you know some fourth round third round pick we think this pick is going to be, you know, the future in the long haul, and Cousins is, you know, going to have to compete for the job in the long term and not right away, and I think that fire could be something that Cousins could use, and I think that competition could be something they instill if he has a mediocre year. Yeah, well, Kirk Cousins definitely has shown that he plays better uh, when people are doubting him. You know, he loves to show up in those games, get the win, and then go up to the camera and scream, you like that. Um <laughs> That's kind of his thing, but what do you think he would have to do this season, and where do you think this team would have to go for this season to be considered, you know, better than a mediocre season for him? Do you think that getting to the playoffs and winning one game is where they, you know, need to be, or do you think they need to be competing 
for Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game. I think it needs to be an NFC Championship game for them to have entire faith in Cousins. I think that the NFC is a tough division, or tough conference, and honestly, they're in a tough division, but I think that if they can get to the conference championship game, there won't be any doubts on Cousins' skill, but I think that you're going to have to have a season as a team worthy of... I, f- I feel like there's a line, and it's it's got to be more than just winning one playoff game to surpass a mediocre expectation for them because they're a good team, although they had a lot of losses, and but they've made up for it. So I really do think that I'm kind of stumbled on it, but I think that it would have to be an NFC championship or if they, you know, win win enough games in the regular season and then have like a close loss in the playoffs in the divisional round would be the kind of run that would be worthy of another year with total faith in Cousins, but it, it has to be some sort of big year. It can't just be a, you know, 10-6 and six and one win in the wild card round and then out in the divisional round, because that's not enough, and that's not enough to instill faith that Cousins is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean they've got to do something. They've got, I I agree they have to get to the NFC Championship game at least because you know when Cousins was a free agent he was maybe the highly uh, highest touted free agent in that class, and you know, he got a lot of money to be you know the next elite quarterback from Minnesota and he he needs to show that. I mean getting to the playoffs and winning one game isn't going to cut it, especially with um that contract and expectations. So let's move on here to uh, the Packers who we both have. I actually have them winning the division. You have them finishing second. What's your record prediction for Green Bay? Mine's 9-7, and seven, and it's mainly just because they haven't improved. And although you can make the case that, yes, um, the Vikings lost some pieces, they also did get younger at spots. And I think that the development with that and also guys like Irv Smith and Tajay Sharp who could grow into roles in Minnesota. So going to Green Bay, though, there isn't a player – you know, on the offense specifically, that's kind of where I'm looking with Green Bay, that stands out to me as a guy who can grow and make a big role on the offense, that there wasn't a big improvement on offense overall. And, you know, they made that case when they picked Jordan Love because a lot of the media's issue with it, especially in Green Bay and a lot of the fan base in Green Bay, was that their offense underperformed a lot last year. And especially in terms of going against the 49ers, who were the NFC champs. They underperformed, and they needed to improve, and they really didn't. They got rid of Jimmy Graham. They added Devin Funches, so they didn't make any drastic improvement on offense. And on defense, you know, they kind of digressed. They got rid of Blake Martinez, a guy I like, and got Christian Kirksey, and there just wasn't a move that really made me think that Green Bay was all in on this year, and I just think that that's kind of why Minnesota has a higher ceiling and Green Bay doesn't. And that's my opinion on it. Why do you think they win the division? Yeah, you're making some good points here. I think that, you know, you touched on the free agents. They didn't get better. Um, they didn't get worse, though. I know they finished 13-3 and last season, had a great season, but then lost to San Francisco by 17 points in the NFC Championship game in a game which Jimmy Garoppolo threw only eight passes. And they gave up 37 points. So, I mean, Raheem Mostert had a monster game, over 200 yards, four touchdowns. So... I don't see them replicating their 13-3 and season. I think they go 11-5. and um, I don't see them being another 12-win team. Um, like you said, they, they drafted Jordan Love uh, at quarterback. 
And, you know, they, they got some flag for that because that team, as you said, they lacked playmakers. Uh, they had Devontae Adams. But other than that, they didn't have another, you know, receiver that was consistent in the passing game. Um, they got Devin Funchess. Uh, we'll see what he can do. He's actually my player to watch on offense because they need him to produce. They need someone alongside Devontae Adams to hold down that wide receiver spot. Uh, I agree the Packers don't have as high of a ceiling as the Vikings, um, but I think this is still the, the Packers division. Um, I think that the Smith duo on defense and Zadarius and Preston are the defensive players to watch too. I think that they have to have, you know, big, they they played well last season. I expect them to have a good season this year as well. I think that in order for this team to win the division, it, they have to rely on the defense because, yes, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, but he's not the same Aaron Rodgers that he was when he won the Super Bowl. Um, they don't have any other proven weapons on the outside other than Devontae Adams, so their defense is going to have to have a big season in order for them to win this division. Um it's tough. It's tough because I want to say the Packers, but you made some great points for the Vikings. Um, I think that it's going to be a race to the end for these two teams. Um, so let's move on here. Uh, you have the Bears in third? Yeah, I had the Bears in third. At about 8-8 eight and eight was about where I had them. Now, they finished 8-8 eight and eight last season, and there's some you know news. Uh, Ted Ginn, who is one of their new additions at wide receiver, said on Good Morning Football that he believes Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter come the regular season. Do you see that happening, and what do you think should be done at the starting quarterback position? I think Trubisky will be the starter at the start of the season. However, I think by week three, week four, it ends up being Foles' team. I think this could end up being actually similar to the situation that happened in Jacksonville last year where you know Gardner was starter for a little bit, then Nick, and then they gave Nick the job after he— or Nick was the starter originally, he got hurt, Gardner got the job, Nick came back, Gardner got the job again and stayed with the job, and I think that's going to be kind of the situation this year where it's going to be a back and forth, and whoever just outperforms and is the hot hand is going to get the control of the offense, and I think Nick Foles is going to end up being that guy just because Trubisky hasn't flashed that outstanding fit really overall in Nagy's offense since year one, he hasn't really or year one in Nagy's tenure, he really hasn't had a lot of success. And if you look at the offense that Mac Nagy runs, it's more similar to Doug Peterson's than anything that the Jaguars were running. So I think that would be more of a better fit for Nick Foles. So I think that that would be a point in Foles' favor to being the quarterback. And I think that that would be kind of why this would be his team. So do you think they should start him week one, or do you think they should see what Trubisky can do in the in the beginning of the season. I think you got to give Trubisky his shot if he earns it. If he earns it in whatever sort of preseason we end up having, I think he does deserve the shot, but I think that mainly because he's their young franchise quarterback presumably, he deserves the shot, but if he can't win the job outright, then I think you give it to Foles because I mean, this is still a good team. That defense is really good. And if the offense is at least mediocre, this team could win some games and genuinely push for a wild card. And I think that it's about who gives you the best chance to win. I think for them it's Foles. I think he should start. But I think the blind faith in Trubisky is going to carry over for a little bit of this year until he proves that he's not worthy of it. 
and I think that that faith is going to run dry pretty quickly this season. Yeah, and it's tough because the Bears went from a playoff uh, contending team uh, to a team that everyone is questioning the quarterback. Now, it's it's funny because they didn't finish with a losing record. They finished at 500, 8-8 eight eight with Mitch Trubisky, yet everyone wants to put a lot of blame on him and say that, you know, they need to make a change. But I think, you know, Trubisky can be the starter. I think that, you know, he made some mistakes. He hasn't shown that he is a you know, a next-level quarterback um, per se, but I think that Trubis- this is Trubisky's team to lose. Foles is coming in. He's, you know, he's he won a Super Bowl with uh, Philadelphia. He's shown some, you know, um, a, a playmaking ability in the past, but he's got to win it from Trubisky. This is Trubisky's team to mm-hmm. lose. Now, like you said, this defense is great. Um, in free agency, they did lose. However, uh, Prince of Mukamura... Uh, Leonard Floyd and safety, haha Clinton Dix, um, which are going to be some big losses. But they did get defensive end Robert Quinn that I think is going to be a big addition. Uh, he's actually my defensive player to watch. I think that, you know, having him on the outside at defensive end can provide some nice pass rush alongside uh, Khalil Mack, who is, you know, obviously a linebacker, but he's a great pass rusher. I think that they could wreak some havoc on opposing quarterbacks. Do you think that this Bears defense is going to have to lead this team? Because I don't see their offense putting up, a, you know, being a top offense in the NFL. I think their defense is going to have to be uh, top 10, let alone top 5, you know, to, in order to have a chance to finish at 500 again. Um, I have them finishing 7-9 and nine this season. I agree. I think Trubisky is going to start. I think Nick Foles is going to be the eventual starter. Um, who are you looking for? on the Bears this season um, to try to lead them to that 8-8 eight and eight record again? Well, I actually have them at 8-8 eight and eight again. I think they'll replicate last season, no matter who's that quarterback. Like you just said, that defense is going to be trusted to kind of lead this team. Um, I actually did have Robert Quinn as my breakout guy on the defense because of how much success he had in Dallas last season. And as a running mate for Khalil Mack, I thought he'd be a great fit. Um, to change it up, though, I guess my guy to watch is going to be Roquan Smith he had a very good year last year I think he's gonna have another big year and I think him Khalil Mack Keem Hicks I think Quinn um Kyle Fuller Eddie Jackson there's just so much talent on that defense that they can't not win games and I think then on the offense side of the ball you're gonna need some guys to step up and carry the load because Foles and Trubisky are going to be battling for the job and I think you know last year was kind of a down year for Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery the tandem wasn't as good as Howard and Cohen had been so I think if that tandem steps up and you get some of the tight end play to step up too because last year it was so so I think a guy like Cole Komet the rookie from Notre Dame and you know a receiver like Riley Ridley two young guys Cordell Patterson just some you know dynamic players who are going to add some spark to that offense that was pretty stagnant last year and then to combine that with the fact that this defense could be one of the best units in all of football next year I think that overall this team's got high upside but it's a matter of who it's it's about quarterback honestly because that defense can only do so much they can keep the other team to three points but if the Bears score zero points they're not going to win any games it's just kind of the way it's going to go and they have to score points and whether the running backs step up or whether Nick Foles or Trubisky step up and carve out the job 
somebody's got to step up on offense because the defense can't carry it at all. Yeah, I think this—I agree. This team has tremendous upside. Uh, you mentioned Cole Komet, uh, who was the clear number one tight end uh, in the draft um, and on everyone's mock draft boards. So I agree. I mean, it's the quarterback play that can really take this team to the next level because their defense is fantastic. If they get consistent quarterback play, either from Trubisky, who, you know, was really a dual threat quarterback. He can move. He can throw on the run. Uh, He doesn't have necessarily elite uh, arm strength uh, compared to like Patrick Mahomes per se. But uh, if he cuts down the turnovers, he can be a very good game-managing quarterback, in my opinion. Um, not elite, though. Um, you know, Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Um, he has the ability to push the ball down the field. I think whoever takes over quarterback for this team is the really is the make-or-break guy uh, that could either make this team a, like you said, a wild-card contender this season or a team that's going to have a top-10 draft pick. Um so, yeah, I mean, my offensive player to watch isn't a player. It's a group, the quarterback group. Um, we'll see what they can do. So that leaves us with the Detroit Lions, who last season had a poor season, uh, much more losses than wins. They finished um, well below 500, although Stafford was hurt uh, for, you know, a large chunk of the season. They'll get him back, obviously. Uh, what is... What is your ceiling record for the Lions this season, and what do you think their floor is? I think their floor is probably around five and eleven. Um, I have them at exact six and ten, but I think the ceiling for them is nine and seven because this team does have some weapons if you really look at it. Um, Stafford is been or has been when healthy a very very good quarterback. He puts up good numbers. And this year, he's going to actually have some weapons. Kenny Galladay has stepped into that number one role. Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola, three pretty solid wide receivers. TJ Hawkinson played really good when healthy last year. Offensive line's good, young. They added, I'm going to butcher his name, but Halapoli, Vatai, Vatai, whatever. He's a really good tackle from the Eagles, and I really liked him. I wanted the Jets to get him, and the Lions grabbed him, and I like him a lot. Uh, They added DeAndre Swift, and that offense is pretty improved, actually, and I think they have potential to be solid. I think there's going to be some growing pains, though, on the defense, which could hold them back. But overall, I actually like that offense, and if they have a good season, I think Matt Patricia is going to get another year but I think a good season for them is going to have to be competing for a wild card because that's their ceiling. I don't think they'll be much better than that, but I think at the end it'll end up being a 6-10 and 10 year because of that defense. Yeah, I agree. I think they need at least to be 6-10 and 10 for Patricia to get another season. I mean, he came over from New England, um, and they haven't performed all that well. They've had a losing season um, every year. Um, you know, Stafford, when healthy, can be a top quarterback in the league. He has all the tools and the arm strength to remain a top 15, possibly top 10 quarterback around 9 or 10. Um, you know, you mentioned they have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. Uh, Hawkinson was very good when healthy. Uh, he can be a very good tight end for this team. And you said DeAndre Swift at running back, who was a very, very good college running back to add to that running back group. Um you know, you said some growing pains in the defense. Absolutely. They lost, obviously, Darius Slay, who has been a very good cornerback for them. Uh, they also lost linebacker Devon Kennard and cornerback Rashawn Melvin 
but they did add a lot of depth. At cornerback, they got Desmond Trufant, who was the longtime Falcon, cornerback uh, Daryl Roberts from the Jets, and uh, they drafted rookie cornerback Jeff Okuda. And, you know, Okuda was a spectacular cornerback for Ohio State in college, and uh, he is, he's expected to be the new number one guy for um, Detroit. Um, so this defense got, I think, better actually at cornerback with the loss of Darius Slay. Uh, they have more depth now, um, but this defense is going to be the thing to watch for them because, like you said, there's going to be some growing pains. Their offense can be very good with Stafford healthy. They have, you know, depth at running back. Not Maybe not, you know, they don't have the best wide receiver group in the NFL. Uh, Kenny Galladay has shown he can be good, um, but I don't think anyone has the Lions winning this division. Um, I think they will be around 6-10, and 10, I agree. Uh, they're not going to be towards the bottom, but they're not going to be in the middle either. I think they're just below the middle of the pack. Um, it's interesting to see, though. I mean, this can be a very good division when everyone's healthy. I think this could be a top division in football, led, obviously, by the Packers and Vikings. Um, do you see them extending? Do you think Patricia's going to be coaching them next season and for seasons to come? Uh, It's really going to rely on the defense, and I know I keep hammering that home, but I feel like that offense is... It was actually pretty solid last year, even when Stafford went down. I mean, David Blau was keeping them competitive in a few games. And honestly, I think that they, they'll they have the opportunity, or Patricia will have the opportunity to make this his home for the long term. Um, I think this is the first time this defense has really fit his mold. And there's a lot of familiar faces to a Patricia defense. Danny Shelton, Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, Reggie Ragland, Deron Harmon. Guys who have played under Patricia before, and I think that that could be a big factor. They know what he wants. And then you have, you just touched on, the young depth in that cornerback room. And if Patricia can kind of mold that defense finally into what he wants, then this is going to be his long-term home. But I think it's going to take a big year by that defense because he is a defensive-minded coach. No matter how much success the offense has, that falls on their OC's shoulders, not as much his. I think that the defense's growth is going to be paramount to him having a long-term home here but i'd say i if they go six and ten i think he gets another year i think that he'll get one more opportunity to prove that this is his team and then if not then he's going to be out he's almost like the defense the defensive minded adam gase where he's got the good defensive mind but it's almost like he just can't put it all together so if he can put it all together this year, then he will prove that comparison wrong. But I think that it's going to take a big year by that defense. Yeah, I think that 6-10 and 10 is the record to aim for for Patricia. Uh, like you said, with David Blau at quarterback, they were competitive. Uh, they they couldn't make that final push, uh, you know, or player two to win the games, but they weren't getting blown out game in and game out. So you bring Stafford back in that situation – you win, you win at least a couple more games, I believe. I mean, Stafford is, has shown that he can really sling the rock. I mean, he can be a very good quarterback. So I agree. I think 9-7 and seven is their ceiling. Um, Stafford can make all the throws. And if you're competitive with David Blau, no knock on David Blau, but he's not Stafford. So I agree. I think this team can... Uh, can have a better season, obviously, than they did last year. Um, 
any last words on the Lions or uh, anything in the NFC North you want to mention? Um, I just I I want to hit the Packers one more time before we close out, just because I feel like there's a lot of Packers fans out there that are going to be disappointed by a nine and seven prediction. And it's really not on Roger's shoulders. I feel like it's on the front office, and I feel like that's something that needs to be said because drafting Jordan Love in the first round, as much as I do like Jordan Love, I think I did think that he's a good pick, but I think they needed more. And I think relying on guys like Jay Sternberger, who was my offensive guy, I guess, to watch, relying on a guy like him or you know Devin Funchess or Alan Lazard to kind of step up or even like an A.J. Dillon, just guys that aren't proven commodities, having to rely on them to step up because Aaron Rodgers can't do it all on his own. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones can't help him do it all on his own. They're good players, but somebody else has got to step up on that team, and if they don't, then Rodgers is going to waste another year. So that's where my 9-7 and seven prediction comes in because they didn't do anything major to help him on offense. So that's where it sits. So for any Packers fans listening to this, it's not me harping on Rodgers or thinking that this is like the end of his tenure and it's Love's tenure. I think this is really on the front office for not doing enough to put pieces around one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. This front office hasn't really done much to help Rodgers uh, in that regard. Um, I mean, Jordan Love, obviously, they did the same thing when Brett Favre was quarterback and they drafted Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I think Rodgers still has at least another two years, uh, in my opinion, where he can be a top a top end quarterback. So we'll see. I, I personally, I think nine and seven is a little <laughs> harsh, Dylan. Um, like I said, I, I have them going eleven and five and winning this division. I don't have them pushing for the Super Bowl again, though, in the NFC Championship. I just don't think that you know they did enough to really get themselves back there. So I have them at eleven and five, winning in the uh, losing in the divisional. Um, and then I have them followed by the Vikings, one game behind at ten and six, and then I have the Bears at seven and nine, and the Lions at six and ten. Uh, you want to give your final standings prediction? Um. So yeah, Vikings ten and six, Packers the harsh nine and seven, uh, the Bears eight and eight, and then the Lions six and ten. But like I said, you know, I think the Lions have a high ceiling to be a potential wild card threat. Um, I think there's actually a high ceiling on every team in this NFC North, but maybe I'm sleeping on the Packers, and I hope they prove me wrong because I think Rodgers deserves another run at the Super Bowl. But right now, yeah, it's nine and seven, and I think they'll finish second and with a wild card in the NFC. Yeah, I hope I hope they prove you wrong too, Dylan. I mean, everyone wants to see Rodgers uh, succeed. I don't think. You know, I think everyone loves to see Aaron Rodgers work his magic. So uh, you could find me on Twitter at Brendan Carp ESM. Um, Dylan, you want to give everyone your Twitter? So my again? Twitter is Dylan Price twenty seven, and yeah, that's it. Another good week and uh, another NFC division coming next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.